The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's up, Buffalo Fanatics? Josh Allen here. Just wanted to say uh, go Bills. What is up, Bills <clears throat> Mafia? Zbot here with you on a somber Tuesday evening, early here in January of 2023. Just got home from Cincinnati no more than 10, 15 minutes ago. So apologize for the cruddy backdrop, maybe a lack of internet connection here. We'll see how it goes. I, I just walked in the house. Um, but thank you for joining me, all of you Bills Mafia in here and all of those who tune in to me each week or those who are just seeing me for the first time. If you are, uh, my name is Zach Bell. I go by Zbot in these parts. Um, and I just thought that tonight, a day removed from watching safety DeMar Hamlin go down on the field against the Cincinnati Bengals, that it would be nice to host a space where all of us could get together, share our feelings, perspectives, thoughts. Uh, I know me, and like I just mentioned, I know for myself personally, talking about stuff in unprecedented and tough times always just makes you feel better. It always makes you feel better to get amongst like-minded people, amongst people who witnessed what we all witnessed last night, those who care for the Buffalo Bills, for human beings. It's important to be able to share perspectives with one another and, and understand that all of us in totality are gathering around the Buffalo community, DeMar Hamlin's family, and of course, DeMar Hamlin himself. Um, as you can see in the ticker below, not just us as Bills Mafia have gathered, gathered around DeMar Hamlin and his family. DeMar Hanlon's toy drive, which as of yesterday, a toy drive that he started back when he was in college for his hometown. DeMar Hanlon started a GoFundMe um, charity donation platform to be able to give back to underprivileged children in his hometown uh, to be able to give them gifts for Christmas or I, I guess for you know any circumstance in which it might be needed. He was asking for $2,500 as of yesterday. Uh, and mind you, this was something that DeMar had started way back in the day, back when he was in college. He was asking for $2,500. And as of this moment right here, as you can see, the toy drive for DeMar Hamlin is now up to $5.3 million. Uh, I'm at a loss for words. I'm absolutely elated to see this it is an extraordinary event in such an uh, a horrific time uh, and i think that that 
it, every single time that the Bills have gone through some sort of tragedy, small or in cases like this where it doesn't get much larger, you've always seen an outpour of support. But I don't think anybody could have imagined the support that would have came towards DeMar Hamlin in a time like this. And all I know is to kick things off here as we stare at this live ticker of the GoFundMe account started by DeMar Hamlin that when he wakes up. And one of the first things that he sees is the fact that the nation, the world gathered together to support him in this way. That is going to be an extraordinary moment. The moment DeMar Hamlin wakes up, he's going to be greeted with this. And that to me is one of the thoughts right now that I have that brings a smile to my face. Because today was one of those days where it was tough to find much to smile about. This is a silver lining. I know a lot of things within the last 24 hours have been very unclear. There's been a lot of what if, or not a lot of what ifs, but a lot of what is going on. What is the situation? When will there be an update? Is there an update to be had? We haven't gotten much. Last night at 1.48 or so in the morning, I believe, was when the Bills issued a statement that DeMar had suffered a cardiac arrest on the field. Since then, we have not heard much, but just recently, right before we've hopped on here together. And this is the first person I had seen it for, reporter Josh Reed. This is the most recent update on DeMar Hamlin's status. Josh Reed says here via Twitter that he spoke with DeMar Hamlin's uncle. DeMar Hamlin was originally on 100% oxygen, but is now down to 50%. He says the family is hanging in there. He thanked Bills fans and Bengals fans and asked for continued prayers. Now, I'm not a medical expert. But from what I have read, going from 100% oxygen down to 50% oxygen means that DeMar Hamlin is able to breathe on his own in some sort of capacity. And that is as good of a sign up to this point that we've gotten that he is going to continue to be able to fight through this. Um, I've been waiting, like many of you, all day to be able to see something, whether it was a statement via TV, radio, written statement like this one. I've been waiting to see something to give us uh, continued hope uh, for DeMar and his family. And this just came out at 646, so about an hour and 15 minutes ago. And this seems like really good news. This seems like really good news. As you can see, once again, down below, if you're able to, please donate to DeMar Hamlin's toy drive fund and all those who send in a super chat tonight or a donation, all of those proceeds will be directly donated to that toy drive via myself and all of us here at the Buffalo fanatics. Kick things off here with Sergio. Sergio comes in and says, Zeba, thanks for setting up this space. Thanks to all of the teams and their fans for the love and support. The world is a better place with DeMar in it. I pray and hope he gets to witness it. Yeah, that's one of those moments right now, Sergio, that I can't stop thinking about. The moment that he's going to be able to come back and see that everybody has gathered around him to the tune of $5.3 million to a charity that he started in pursuit of making his hometown and overall the world a better place. You know, it's unfortunate that times like these are when we start to learn the most about people. 
that's the unfortunate reality of these situations. We don't get to know people as well as we probably should have if it weren't for a traumatic situation. But as we have all gotten to learn more about DeMar Hamlin over the last 24 hours, what we have found is extraordinary. We have found much more out about DeMar Hamlin than what he is as a football player. And of course, in moments like this, being a football player is the last thing on your mind. The second DeMar Hamlin went down last night in Cincinnati, you remove the colors, you remove the numbers, and you go from a football player to a human being. And we have learned that DeMar Hamlin, the human being, is one hell of a guy. One hell of a guy. And he seems to be a real family man who cares deeply about his family as they do for him. He seems to have an extraordinary family. And those are the people I've been thinking about the most today. I played sports my whole life. I'm sure many of you have too. And we all know that DeMar Hamlin's mother was in the stands last night. You never go to an event expecting to see what we saw last night. And I'm sure his mother, she wouldn't even want to witness DeMar go down with a sprained ankle, much less what we witnessed last night. And I know many of you are, are parents and you know what that would be like. From my perspective, I'm 25 years old. DeMar Hamlin is 24 years old. He's my age. I think that gets lost in translation a lot when we're watching football. We forget that the majority of these guys are young adults. I look at myself. I mean, sometimes I'm, I, I have no idea what I'm doing half the time. It's hard to remember sometimes that you're an adult, right? That's hard to remember. I think when we're watching these guys, professional athletes out on the television or in person like I was last night, you forget the age of these guys. You forget the human being inside of the helmet and the pads. But the second this stuff happens is when you realize that the game we all love, and we do love it. We love our bills. We love the sport. We love the NFL. But it is truly amazing that in one moment you can go from all you caring about being the one seed in a victory last night to all you caring about is that man getting up off that field, being able to see his family again. I've heard interviews throughout the last 24 hours from players, from personnel, from people who have been directly related to playing in an NFL game. And, you know, we all know the tenacity of playing in a game. It's a violent sport. We all know that. There's no secret. And all these guys have admitted that they know what they're signing up for when they go out there. But that isn't in telling what we saw last night. They know that there's a risk of injury. They know that there's a risk of their career ending at any moment. Nobody's walking out on that field expecting the worst. And last night was the worst. And you don't often think about these things because they're so unprecedented. And I think the nature of the sport itself has led us as fans to become very desensitized to the brutality of what we witness during the course of a 60-minute game, numerous games a week. I was just chatting with my dad off air before I hopped on here. We've witnessed, right, Dak Prescott snap his leg, game continues. Alex Smith snaps his leg, game continues. Gordon Hayward, Kevin Ware, I'll never forget that on Easter, right? Those were gruesome, and the game continues. And that's what you expect. You expect the game to continue because in the NFL and most sports, it's next man up mentality. That's the way it is. 
show goes on, right? And that's why last night was so unprecedented because there are certain moments where the show cannot go on. And last night was one of them. The NFL got it right. It might've taken a minute, but the NFL, Sean McDermott, Zach Taylor, and both units out on that field last night got it right. They got it right. Chewy Baca coming in here with the super chat. Appreciate you, Chewy. Like I mentioned, and I'll continue to mention throughout the show, all of these super chat donations will be directly donated to Damar Hamlin's toy drive. So anything and everything is truly appreciated, and it will be going directly to Damar for that fundraiser that continues to pile up and up. It is an extraordinary thing to continue to monitor to monitor uh, that foundation throughout the day. Uh, I, I, it's blowing my mind. Chewy comes in, come in, comes in here and says, for the love of his sport, his family, teammates, and my brothers and sisters in Bill's Mafia, you've got this tomorrow. Well said, Chewy, and Chewy speaks on behalf of all of us. You know, I don't think I've ever seen as much of an outpour of support and love for anything ever. I'm not even, I'm not being hyperbolic. I'm not being over-exaggerating. I'm not over-exaggerating here. I don't think I've ever seen a collection of people come together more in such a, a short period of time than I have in the last, less than a day here. I, it is unbelievable. At this moment in time, all 32 NFL teams have changed their Twitter profile picture to a picture of DeMar Hamlin's jersey that says prayers for Hamlin or prayers for DeMar. Currently, the Baltimore Ravens, as it stands right now, have lit up the stadium, M&T Bank Stadium, with blue, white, and red to show that they are currently thinking about DeMar Hamlin. And this shot that they just posted, and I'll share it with you, uh, is extraordinary. Baltimore Ravens account shared this a couple of hours ago, saying, tonight, M&T Bank Stadium is red, white, and blue to show our support for DeMar Hamlin and the Buffalo Bills. And as you can see here, and this is what I mean when I say that in moments where you realize that it's just a game, even though a lot of the times it feels way more than that, that's one of those moments. That's one of those moments where you realize it's just a game. And you got 32 teams, arch rivals here, games that mean a lot. It's all out the window because it doesn't matter in a moment like that, and as you can see right here, not not only just the Ravens, but all 31 other teams, football's all, football's on the back burner for right now. It's all about focus on Demar Hamlin and getting him back with us. And I love seeing stuff like this. But if you've been on Twitter or any social media for the last 24 hours or so, or so, it has been nothing but that, as it should be. I really, you know, I've truly never really seen anything like it. I've never seen anything like it. And it goes to show you the, I, I think, I, it just goes to show you how much these guys mean to all of us. And especially when you get to know the person, right? You get to know the person and how truly great of a person they are. It really, it really makes you sit back, put into perspective the situation and understand that the only thing at the moment, of course, is making sure that that man is all right. Ronald McDowell, Ronald McDowell coming in with a super sticker. Thank you for the donation, Ronald. Much appreciated. Feel free to share all your thoughts throughout the show here in your comments. And that's what I'm hosting this for. Everybody to come in here, chat with one another, share your, your thoughts, your feelings, your perspectives. 
is look at last night. It's it just as far as the NFL is concerned, frankly, as far as anything is concerned, it, it was one of the more unprecedented and scary, unsettling moments you'll ever see. Now, the majority of you, I'm sure, saw this on live television, live national television. To me, there's so much that goes into the moment last night that makes it just that much more profound as to what happened. We're talking about a game last night that was probably the biggest game in regular season history for the Buffalo Bills. It's probably the biggest game in Cincinnati in the last two decades. We're talking about a game that two teams are fighting for the top seed in the AFC, right? We're talking about a game that's on Monday night football, prime time. Everybody, anybody who's even remotely a football fan was tuned into last night. And that's how many people witnessed what we saw last night. And that's a tough thing to swallow. And I think that's why so many people are as impacted by it as they are. It's not every day that something as traumatic as this happens, much less happens with that type of audience. So I'm sure the majority of you saw it on television and you were just as confused as to what was actually going on as I was. Now, I figured I'd share my perspective from inside the stadium with you all because um, it was way different than what I have heard many people say the experience was like for them witnessing on was witnessing it on television. Um, <laughs> it... <laughs> It, man, it was, it was, it was weird. I, so first of all, the city of Cincinnati, that was my first time there. Some of the most extraordinary fans and people I've met at a function ever. These people were extraordinary. Everybody we tailgated with was amazing. And we all had that mutual bond. It felt like, and we all know this. Cincinnati, Buffalo, that fan base is very similar. We were sharing stories all day. The fan bases, we were right next to Cincinnati fans. I was talking to these guys for a very long time. And it was crazy. And a game as big as that was, everybody was just talking about how excited they were for the matchup itself and where these two teams were. The excitement level, of course, we all felt it, but it was so palpable in that city. It was, it was just everywhere. It was everywhere. I've never felt that type of just visual and emotional entertainment, or not entertainment, uh, just visual and, and, and emotional, I don't know, excitement. That's what that was last night. And we walk into the stadium. I've been to a bunch of road stadiums before, mainly, of course, the the games I go to are in Buffalo, but I've been to road stadiums before, but never for a game like this. And when I walked into the stadium, uh, I've never seen anything quite like that. They did a light out show where they had the stadium light up with everybody's phones. You scanned a QR code and everybody lift their phones up. They did the player intros with all this smoke and the energy in that stadium last night was unlike any I've really ever seen. It was unlike any I've ever seen outside of Buffalo. That's for sure. Unbelievable. The deafening, deafening the sound in that stadium when that game first kicked off and when the Bills had the ball. Which made the moment that DeMar Hamlin go down be that much more eerie, I think, being there. Because... 
when the Bengals went down and scored on the first drive, I, the the volume in that stadium it was it was unlike anything I've ever really heard in person. It was insanity. And the drive right before the Bengals took the field, uh, we were under the impression in the stadium that the Bengals had fumbled that kickoff. I was sitting on the opposite tunnel end zone right above the field goal post. So I could not see if the returner was down or not. I just saw a Bill's uh, player on special teams run away with that fumble. I wasn't sure who at the time. It just looked like the Bills were getting the ball. So we were going nuts, freaking out with excitement because that seemed huge. You could tell right off the bat in that game that this was going to be a show. This game was going to be everything everybody thought it would. And didn't wind up being the case, right? Bengals get the ball back. And still at this time, right after the score, the stadium was absolutely electric. And I think two plays go by. Maybe it was one. I can't remember at this point. One or two plays go by, and that is when T. Higgins catches the ball, a tackle's made, and it, from my vantage point, at this point, Teron Johnson had already been injured, and that seemed bad enough at the time, right? You didn't, you didn't think it could get much worse than that. That injury in itself seemed pretty bad. And then we see another injury, and it was in this moment where things got unprecedented, at least from my perspective, because I've never seen anything quite like what took place. DeMar Hamlin gets up and he falls down. And what, what, I re- what I noticed from my perspective in the stadium was the, uh, the emergency units immediately took the field. On my side of the stadium behind that end zone, there was a medical personnel with a stretcher. Um, I mean, dead sprinting with the stretcher from the corner of that end zone. It was within seconds, seconds of Hamlin going down. And at this point, no one knows what's going on. But I had seen that man dead sprint over. We were up high enough to where, you know, we just, when you watch the NFL, injuries are so commonplace. You're just waiting for the player to either get up and walk off or the unfortunate reality, and we've seen this plenty of times, You see the player get put on a stretcher, taken off the field, and the game resumes. And that's what everybody, including myself, was anticipating because that, of course, is what happens 99.99% of the time. And they run out onto the field, and, you know, all of a sudden, you see the Bills players gathering around. And it's still at this point, no one's got a clue. And it's taking longer and longer. And even from my vantage point, when I started to notice that things were different than usual, of course, first of all, it was the, the response time of the man with the stretcher. But it was when I saw players on their knees, even from, my, from the distance I was at, and it wasn't like I was awfully close. I was, I was, you know, on the opposite side in the 200 level. I could see players in the distance pacing around with their hands up on their helmet, and I could see at least two players on their knees with their um, head on the ground. And it, I just felt like in that moment, it, it struck all of us that this was, 
I mean, this had to be worse than the status quo, I guess you could say, that we're typically seeing on a weekly basis in an NFL football game. But even at that point, we have seen injuries. One of the first things I thought of when I saw the players' reactions and when I saw the immediate attention of the man with the stretcher, one of the first things I thought of was Kevin Everett. And I was still a kid at that time, but I vividly remember that. That was probably the worst injury that we had seen up until that point in the NFL. And then, of course, Ryan Shazier for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Another one of those Kevin Everett type injuries where you knew this was this was worse than this was just it's as bad as it gets. And of course, that is when you assume that it's a head injury. That that is when you assume that it's a, a spinal injury. Um, but you never thought it was going to be that. And the thing of it was, is as we sat in the stadium, there was no information passed along. And I'm sure for all you, all you at home, you know, I, I, I don't think that information was passed along either. And we sat in the stadium and, and, and we just continued to wait and there was no update. And when we were in the stadium, of course, there was no cell service for the most part. So you weren't able to check in on anything either. And then when you saw the Bengals fans come over or the Bengals, um, players, excuse me, walk over to the other side. At this moment, everyone's just got, I mean, everyone's just kind of panicking a little bit because not only are you witnessing this in person, but you you also have no idea what you're witnessing. You just have no clue. All you know is it's bad, right? Um, And so, you know, they they walk over and, and, and everybody's huddled around and I continue to see the players pacing and, and, and leaning down on the ground and, and then the ambulance gets backed up, and that seemed to have taken a few minutes. I, I can't remember how long. It seemed to have taken a while, right, to get the situation wherever they were trying to get it to. Because at this point, we just did not know. Um, but where things were so weird inside the stadium, and I'm not sure if this was visible on TV, but for me at least, where things got so weird is there was a moment, and I couldn't tell why from my perspective, But there was a moment when uh, the entire crowd started clapping. Everyone got up, stood up, and started clapping. And, of course, I think that's what you typically do when you are under the impression that the player is going to be okay. Usually that's a thumbs up or or what have you. And everyone in the crowd started clapping. Now, I can only assume that that was when DeMar was loaded into the ambulance. Everyone started clapping. I was under the assumption at at that time that – Whatever had happened, he was all right. That was the assumption that we were all under. You know, the folks I was with and around. That was the assumption we were all under. But then the ambulance didn't go anywhere. And the players continued to stand there. And I don't know. At that point, you went from this is awful to, oh, at least he's okay to wait a minute. What the hell is going on again? And then the ambulance leaves the field. And I, I, it's still under this at this moment. I still thought the game was going to continue. I think that's what we're all conditioned to think. There was no way you thought what had happened happened for one and two. There was no way you thought it could possibly be bad enough to delay a game. When have we ever seen a game get postponed? I don't think I've ever seen it before. 
And it wasn't until Zach Taylor crossed the field over to Sean McDermott that I realized this is, you know, this is one of those things that I, I'm start I'm starting to realize this game this game isn't happening. And it wasn't until then that we found out from somebody in the crowd who was able to either get an internet connection or get a hold of somebody that we had found out what had actually uh, had happened. And it was at that moment that it, the crazy thing is it, it wasn't even 20 minutes prior that that crowd was the loudest I've ever heard a stadium or at least up there. I mean, really, it was as, it was as loud as I've ever heard it. And when everybody started to become under the impression based on whether they were on their phone or got a call or talked to somebody, It was that moment where you went from 20 minutes ago being in the loudest arena you've ever been to to quite literally being able to hear a pin drop. And while the players were still on the field, nobody left. Nobody left. That stadium was still packed. Um, uh, So no one really knew anything and no one updated us on the PA system at all. So everybody's just kind of hanging there. And then that's when the players went off the field and then people started to file out. But we, my group, at least we sat there until we got kicked out. I know a lot of other bills fans and Bengals fans did too. A lot of people just sat in their seats. Well, after the players had cleared off the field, a lot of people just sat there. I think they were trying to process just all of it because it's a really weird scenario when you know, you're in a really awful situation but you don't necessarily know the full extent of the situation but everybody just sat there I was watching the stadium crew clean up the field uh I just I'd never seen anything like it but what I will say is that even for me like I I had mentioned the out in the in the parking lot the Bengals fans were awesome they were, they were amazing. I loved everybody I met, and they were the nicest people, just as much of a diehard fan as we all are. Um, but the people behind me, they, they, weren't, I, they weren't cool. They were, they were not very nice people. I walked in, introduced myself. I said, good luck tonight, guys, and they were not having it. They were real rude, real rude. But, hey, it's their, it's their stadium. You know, not everybody's going to be uh, – not everybody's going to be cool with it. I get it. But – those guys, even those guys who were not nice in the slightest to kick that game off, man, they they went from being real hardcore to real somber and real sorry for us in particular as Bills fans really quick. Those guys were, I mean, they were consoling us as Bills fans. That's kind of when you really knew. Everybody in that stadium, no matter what jersey they were wearing, what apparel they had on, if it said Cincy, if it said Buffalo, every single person all had one thing on their mind. That was it. And I knew that to be even more true when those guys were doing it. Because you'd figure if anybody wouldn't be doing that, it would be guys like that, in my opinion, at least. No, there wasn't a single person. And everybody just, that's what it was. I mean, every everybody was just kind of consoling one another. Um. Then we just sat there for the longest time. And then when we left the stadium, uh, there was a lot of Bengals fans that we were hanging out with before the game still out. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... 
place a $5 wager on any sport, you'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In the car and uh, there's one lady who went around and hugged every one of us. She hugged all the people I was with, all the Bills fans. She just went around and hugged everybody. And everybody leaving that stadium, everybody just, it was, it was the same thing. It was just no matter, no matter who it was or who they were rooting for, it was the same thing. Um, so the perspective from the stadium was, it was, uh, it was something. And from what I've been told, the perspective on the, on the broadcast was just as, you know, unprecedented. And from what I've also been told, the way that they handled it was incredible. I mean, you got to think about it. That is a tough situation to be in. It's a really tough situation to be in, and they seem to have handled it really well. But I look at it from the Bills' perspective, and I look at what this team, and frankly, really, what this city has been through in the, pa- the past year. It's, 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 uh, it's unreal. I, I couldn't even, off the top of my head right now, list off all the seemingly tragic events that have had have piled up for this city and this team this past year. It's unbelievable between the storms, between the, the top shooting incident, you know, I mean, it is, it is unbelievable. And then this, but I look at it from the bill's perspective and I think, you know, the leadership that these guys have, they're, they're just, I just, I'm so happy that, for a situation like this, the, the people that you'd want involved are involved. Sean McDermott would be the guy I wanted. I would want involved. Brandon Bean would be the guy I would want involved. Josh Allen. You saw on those players' faces and their reaction how much their brother meant to him. You saw it. And there was no, and that is why that game could not go on, not only last night, but this week. Because I think all of us thought that that game was going to go on. Of course, that's what you thought. And then, of course, it became more blatantly clear that there was no way it could go on. But you think about it, you think about it from your own perspective. I mean, think about when I I was growing up playing lacrosse, there was a high school kid, or maybe even middle school at the time, high school, middle school, there was a kid locally around my area who took a lacrosse ball to the chest and he had a similar incident to exactly what Tamar Hamlin had suffered, but there wasn't a, 
um, an AED machine around. They didn't have any defibrillators around, and he passed away. It was, and it was on a field that I play. I played on every week. I played on that same field that that kid was on every single week. So it's not, it's amazing. You just have no clue whether it's professional football, high school, lacrosse, anything. I mean, you just never know when one of those moments could be the most unperfect yet perfect moment where everything that had to go right or wrong rather to cause that incident happened. You know, it, but thank God. I understand that the situation happened because he's playing football and he's in the arena. But thank God that happened where it did for DeMar Hamlin. Because there was medical staff on the case instantly, instantaneously with the ability to treat him, with the ability to get him back to having a heartbeat. And not only was their medical staff on site instantly with the ability to do that, but fortunately the hospital right down the road, an incident that could not have been more traumatic and, and terrifying and just flat out awful. You have to be thankful that if it had to happen, it happened in a situation where his life could be preserved. And they, and they had the right personnel and the equipment to get his heartbeat back and going. And as I said earlier in the show, if you weren't able to, uh, to see yet that uh, DeMar has gone from 100% oxygen to 50% oxygen, meaning that he is able to now breathe on his own. We're all rooting for him, of course, and it just seems like it's going to be a bit until we find out anything concrete. But you probably are also thinking about, you know, you're thinking about football, right? You're thinking about the Bills, too. That was, Going into that game, you know, it was the biggest game of the season. It was the biggest game of the year. And all any of us cared about was the one seed, man. That was it. That game was it last night. I mean, I was there, too. I have never been more excited in my life, right? But you got to think about these guys. You got to think about these players. You saw the look on Josh Allen, right? I mean, that's one of the tougher guys that's played this game. You saw the look on Josh Allen's face. You saw Tredavious White. Those guys were in no shape to play a game. Those guys were in no shape, and they made the right choice. I mean, I, I, I think about it. That was me what, witnessing a friend of mine if we were playing you know, like like I was mentioning about with that with that high school kid from my town. If I was playing a game and one of my best buddies got hit, that happened right in front of me. I mean, and that's what you have to do here. That's what you have to do here, because I understand there's there's no shame in thinking about, you know, because this the the NFL will the NFL is going to go on. The season's going to go on. The Bills are going to play again. There's no shame in thinking about the future, right? That's second priority. That is second priority. And these guys, the ones on the field, are the ones that you have to you have to be able to put yourself into their shoes to be able to understand why 
that it, why it's second priority, why that game was suspended indefinitely for at least this week, why there has been no update on any other games. That is what you have to think about when you try to understand what the NFL is doing about the situation. Put yourself in the shoes of those players. Imagine at your workplace or thinking back on when you maybe played sports. Think about being in that position with one of your good friends, one of your really good coworkers, and you really can't even fathom it. So imagine how those guys not only were feeling in the moment, imagine how they were feeling afterwards. And now, I mean, today, today is one, another one of those days, too, where I think it's even more tough because I think in the moment, you're so shocked, you probably don't necessarily know how to process but today is the day when I feel like it really sinks in for these guys. So I'm really thinking heavy about them. If you ever tune into me, you know, if you ever tune into my show on Mondays each week here, you know, one of the things I talk about the most is the culture of these, of this team and how much I have the utmost respect and love for all of these players. They are some of the nicest guys that I've ever personally met. The culture in Buffalo is unprecedented in my opinion. I think it's one of the best in all of sports, not just the NFL. I think it's one of the best in all of sports. And we were able to learn that DeMar Hamlin is a, per, he's a perfect example of that. He's a perfect example of all the things that have made Buffalo so great, all the things we love about Buffalo, the Bills, the personnel, all of our favorite players, all of the staff. We have learned throughout time here that the culture that has been created and captivated within Buffalo is truly one of the best. We have gotten to be able to learn that DeMar is a part of that. And I'm so thankful for DeMar that he is surrounded by guys that are, that are of that mentality and that are of, of, they're, they're of that character. He's got a lot of people who love him. Stefan Diggs, right after the game, hops out immediately in an Uber to go see him. The other thing, too, and this is one of the reasons I also wanted to host this tonight for people to get together and talk with one another and share their feelings. The, the, you know, the fans all witnessed that, of course. The fans all witnessed that, and that's something that we all have had to process the last day. The players, they stayed in the locker room until almost 1 a.m. on Sunday. The incident happened early in the 9 o'clock hour. They sat with one another inside that stadium for over three hours because they all needed each other, right? They all needed each other, and I think it just goes to show you the love that's within that team. And I've shared this a bunch about these guys because, frankly, I've, I, I've seen it in person. I've been around these guys, and I've seen them interact, and it's, it's not like for show, man. These guys, they're best buddies. You got to think about it. Think about Buffalo. You know, Buffalo is not LA. Buffalo is not New York City. It's not Vegas. Buffalo is Buffalo. And there's not a whole lot going on in Buffalo. All these guys have out in Buffalo is each other. And they hang out a lot. They do everything together. These guys are as close-knit of a team as you're going to find anywhere. Any sport, any level of the sport, these guys are as close-knit as it gets. And they had to go through that last night firsthand right on the field. And they all stood together last night 
were there for each other. And I would, I would imagine today they're doing the same and they're handling it properly. And they're doing what we're all doing. We're, they're all waiting for updates on DeMar as we are as well. And I think that the more we learn, the more we continue to get increased confidence that we are going to be able to, to get him back and he's going to be able to make it through this. And that, at the end of the day, is all that matters. You know, this team's been through a ton, but nothing like this. And I don't really know if anybody's ever been any, through anything quite like this. I think we learned a lot last night, too. I think the, the league learned a lot, and us as fans have learned a lot. I think about a moment that just happened at the, the, at the Dolphins game that I was at two weeks ago in Buffalo. I don't know if you guys were aware, but they have started to flag players for faking injuries. That's a new thing. They'll, they'll fine you. I don't think it's a flag. It's a fine. They'll fine you if they come to find out that you faked an injury or whatever. And uh, it was on a drive where the Bills were driving late. It was one of the late drives where they were going down to score, and they were running no huddle. And a Dolphins player went down. And there was a lot of booing going on, a lot of booing. Booing the guy because he was down on the ground. And are are we just assuming he's faking it? I think last night you learned that, like, this... This game's no joke, man. This game is no joke. I know it's our favorite thing to watch, and it's so routine, and it's so normalized, right? I mean, I think that we've just come to the point where, oh, you know, you tore your ACL. Man, that is an absolute bummer, but you're off the field, and the game rolls on, and the next week's here, and then all of a sudden, you know, things just keep rolling and rolling, and then, you know, it can happens again and again. But I think you learned last night that there's no room for that. There's no room for that you really start to appreciate all that goes in to this sport we all love. No, it's not, you know, it's not the military. It's not the police. You know, you're not, you're not going out and, and doing what those men and women have to do. Right. But you are going out onto the field and you are risking your body. And I think we take that for granted. I think we don't often realize that as much as we probably should. And it's unfortunate that it takes a, uh, an unbelievably tragic moment like this to occur. But I think within this occurrence, we are realizing just how much I think that we need to look at the things that we watch out on the field in a different perspective and understand, you know, what these guys are doing out there and what they're risking. Because that you just don't know. It's one play. It's one snap. It's, it's the culmination of, of, of about 8 to 10 seconds. You just assume it's going to keep rolling on. Pick up the ball, snap the ball, next play. I think we learned last night that there's got to be some more sincerity and there's got to be some more humanity to it all, I think. There's got to be some more humanity to the game and to the fan bases. And I think that was one of the great things last night. You saw the humanity... You saw the humanity of, of, of the players, the coaching staff, and the fans collectively all at once. Eric Wittenberg coming in with the Super Chat, and he's saying, well said, Zbot. Much love and prayers to DeMar and his family, one Buffalo. Thanks so much, Eric. Really appreciate it. You saw the humanity, and you don't see a lot of that 
I'm sure plenty of you have been to a game before. You've been to a bar or something amongst fans. You know, the humanity level is not necessarily peaking when it comes to sports. That's just the tribal nature, it seems, of sports. But it was incredibly uh, inspiring, I guess you could say, to see the humanity from everybody, no matter the team, no matter the player. You saw the humanity come out of everybody. You saw it all amongst all the fans, amongst all those players. I mean, when have you ever seen mid-game a quarterback walk over and hug the other quarterback? Shout out to Joe Burrow. I mean, man. I don't know if that's being talked about enough. I don't know if that's being talked about enough how much this has probably impacted the Bengals players as much as it's impacted the Bills players. These guys all play against one another, but the NFL is one gigantic fraternity of athletes. These guys all understand the game that they're playing, and they all have a gigantic mutual respect for one another. And a lot of these guys are friends off the field. It's not just, you know, one color jersey versus the other. A lot of these guys have relationships. And the Bengals were right there, right there with the Bills player. And for, you know, for Joe Burrow in a game as big as that was, as heated of a game as that was, and you could tell right off the bat, it was going to be a slugfest all game. You could just tell from the first snap. And all that goes away in a second. And to see Joe Burrow go across that field, hug Josh Allen, to see those players go over, console the Bills, to see the the Bengals players take a knee in prayer for themselves. And then to find out afterwards, that Joe Burrow and the captains went to the Bills locker room. And then to find out also that Josh Allen, I'm not sure who else, I think a few other captains as well, but I know Josh Allen, he went to the Bengals locker room. Zach Taylor, Sean McDermott, all the credit in the world to those two. That's a situation last night. You, th- you know, we at home or we at the game, you don't, you think, you know, you know, you think we don't know how to handle it, right? Imagine being in the, crosshairs and those two those two handled it i mean that's they put on a master class right they put on a master class right uh, last night in my opinion on how to handle a situation that has no handbook that situation last night had no handbook and i think that zach taylor and sean mcdermott did a masterful job in navigating it and i'm not entirely sure What was said from the NFL down, I understand that Joe Buck had been sharing frequently throughout the broadcast that they were given a five-minute update. The uh, press conference held by the NFL last night said that was false. I'm not entirely sure what's true. But all I know is no matter what was passed down, whether anything was at all, all I know is there was a mutual agreement amongst those two coaches, or at least it seems so. I mean, Zach Taylor walked across that field there. He's not doing that for, for nothing. Those Bengals players were just as traumatized as the Bills players were. Zach Taylor walked across the field and met up with Sean McDermott. They also met outside the locker room um, when they all went in. I mean, those two, I think collectively, they came together. They understood their guys, right? They understood their guys, and they understood the moment. And they were the ones, I think, that pioneered the solution of the game being played. They're the ones who said, we are not allowing our guys after that event 
to just go out and play a game. I mean, that's, I mean, at the moment, of course, I, I, I had thought, you know, yeah, you got to, of course you got to play the game. It wasn't until I realized the extent of what had happened. And when I heard about the, the CPR and the nine minutes and then, and then I saw, and I wasn't able to see it of course in the stadium, but when, when I saw those images, I mean, I did see the guys pacing and the guys on the ground, but when I saw those images, I mean, thank God, thank God. You cannot just pick up the ball and get back on the field for that. You can't. They will eventually. They will pick up the ball and they will get back on the field eventually. But you also have to understand that these guys witnessed something in person to one of their, their, their friends, their colleagues, their teammates. They witnessed something in person. And whenever the decision is made, whenever the decision winds up being, it's got to be good with everybody. It's got to be good with everybody. Because we, you know, we're we're not, we're not the man in the arena, right? We're not the man in the arena. Those guys are. If they say they can't go, and believe me, if there's anybody, if there's anybody that, you know, would be able to think to handle something, I guess you could say, like that, you'd think it would be the toughest human being on the planet. So if, they, if whatever they decide, I, I, I got to go with, we got to go with, because that should be the correct solution. And last night was the correct solution. Whatever happens going forward is going to be the correct solution. Whatever they decide is the correct solution. Because we, it's not up to us, shouldn't be. Those guys went through a real traumatic event. We witnessed the, the, a traumatic event. Those guys were in the middle of a traumatic event. Um, so that's as far as football goes, it will go on. But it should not go on for those guys until they feel comfortable doing so. We'll see what winds up happening there. There's a, there's a season. I understand there's a season going on and it's, and it's going to, you know, there's, there's going to be a, a solution to this, I guess, or some sort of, you know, the problem will be solved as far as the game and all that stuff is concerned. But those guys, you know, they're, they're, they're mental, right. And they're in their health and whatnot. That needs to be a top priority. And like George is coming in here and saying, I like this. Cause I think this is good. This goes back to what I was saying earlier. I think we all learned a lot last night. From the fan level, I think we learned a lot about the humanity of the game. I think from the player level, they learned a lot about, you know, you don't think for well, Bucky, by the way, or George is coming here and saying uh, exactly what I'm talking about. This is going to change society for the better. I think a lot of good will come from this for the players and for the fans. I think the players realize, you know, you, you can't think for a second that all those guys didn't sit there and just say, man, you know, that could have been me, right? Or why wasn't that me? I heard Mark Schlereth. He was on Colin Coward earlier today. And if you haven't heard, you should go listen. It's a good interview because uh, Colin talks to Mark Schlereth, a, for, a former NFL player. He talks to him about, you know, what it might be like to have been an NFL player in that situation because only a player would truly know. And that's why I think last night what Ryan Clark had to say and share was amazing because you're getting the perspective from a player. You know, media pundits are not going to be able to give you a real uh, a real reaction or a projected reaction of what that would be like to be a player in that situation. Um, and Mark Schlereth had said that he personally thought watching that last night, you know, he said to himself, why was, he said, typically people say, oh, why, why me? When something happens, you know, oh, why me? Why me? But he had thought to himself, why was that not me? 
Why was that not me? Why was I the one who didn't take a hit like that? Or why was I the one who didn't, you know, that, and I think a lot of those guys out there feel the same. We're talking about, you know, guys that were just inches away from a moment there. They got to be feeling that way. You know, how's T feel T Higgins feeling? How's T Higgins feeling? He was involved in the play. He was the play. He's got to be, he's got to, I can't imagine, right? I can't imagine. So that's the things you got to think about. You know, DeMar Hamlin, that's the forefront. You got to think about him because he's the one right now fighting for his life. There's a ripple effect to this, though. And most of it, you know, the ripple effect, most of it, you know, primarily involves the guys down on that field. And that needs to be of top priority, I would say. Because none of us could imagine what that would be like to have that happen at our work or with our friends, family, in an an event like that. So we shall see. But all I know is right now, top priority, and that's the priority amongst literally anything and everything I've seen over the last 24 hours. That's all I've seen. Is DeMar Hamlin's health and getting him back to being able to live a healthy, prosperous life. Before we close out here one last time, I'm going to share what I had heard from. I haven't seen anything in the chat, by the way, as far as an update is concerned. So I'm assuming that this is the most uh, recent update uh, about the situation. Unless there's anything different, please feel free to share uh, with me before we close up shop here tonight. But as we do so, the last thing that we have heard, this was courtesy of Josh Reed, uh, that DeMar Hamlin, uh, DeMar Hamlin's uncle, rather, had shared with Josh Reed that he was originally on 100% oxygen and is now down to 50%, meaning that he is able to breathe on his own at this point to some capacity. Um, uh, that was at 646 earlier this evening, and we, at this point, continue to uh, we continue to wait. That's all anybody's doing. That's probably been the toughest part of all this is the waiting game. And that's everybody. It's not just the fans. It's everybody. Everybody involved. They're just waiting to hear something. They're just waiting to hear something. And I'm glad the one thing we have heard today, that was really it. The one thing we have heard today seems to be very encouraging. Um, so like you, I will also be just waiting around to hear hopefully good news about Tamar Hamlin as time continues to go on here. And then one last thing before we close up shop, as I mentioned earlier, and by the way, thanks to everybody who either sent in a super chat tonight or a donation, all of those proceeds will be immediately uh, or it will be um, directly sent to DeMar Hamlin's GoFundMe for his toy drive. And let's check in on that one more time before we end it here, because it's going up by the tens of thousands, which seems to be every I mean, there we go. I've been on with you for an hour. And when we started the show off, it was at 5.3 million. It is currently at 5.49 million. So we're at just about five and a half million. I feel like if you refresh it, it just keeps going to keep going up and up. And this is within less than 24 hours, over 188.7 thousand donations. And, And it's amazing the people coming out. Of course, you know, anything helps. A little, a lot, whatever you have, anything helps. I saw Tom Brady, he donated $10,000. I saw Christian McCaffrey donated 
thousands of dollars. A couple of organizations donated thousands of dollars. It's just unbelievable. 188.7 thousand and climbing. Just an extraordinary thing. I guarantee you, I guarantee you by the time I'm back on with you guys next week on Monday night, I guarantee you that that number is going to be 10 million plus. You can just tell already. It's been within 24 hours, it's five, five and a half million dollars. Man, I cannot wait to hear about the moment that DeMar Hamlin comes out of this and gets to hear about that. I cannot wait to hear about that because that's going to be extraordinary. Right before we uh, end things here, James comes in with one last super chat. Thank you so much, by the way, James. James saying in the last 24 hours, we have seen God move on a world stage. Prayers form around the world are being heard. Tomorrow will be okay. To God be all the glory. Great way to end it. Well said, James. Everybody is saying a prayer currently throughout the day for tomorrow. Do one more tonight. Continue to do so until we get good news. Keep him in your thoughts. And above all as well, keep his family in your thoughts. His family seems to be great. And he seems to have really, he seems to really, really love his family. They seem to really, really love him. Think about those guys and think about the players and everybody involved too. There's a lot of people involved in this and a lot of people who need your thoughts right now um, as we continue to go forward. But above all, prayers and continued good thoughts for DeMar Hamlin. Um, hey, we had a lot of people in here tonight and that's awesome. Like I had mentioned at the top, it is, uh, it is better. You know, it's personally for me, anytime something like, you know, something bad happens. It, it's just good to talk about. You feel better about getting your feelings out. You feel better being able to share them with others. And that's what I wanted to be able to do here. I saw on Twitter throughout the day, you know, everybody just sharing their thoughts, everybody sharing their pictures with DeMar or, you know, sharing an encounter they had with him, sharing. I saw a video of his little brother. I mean, that really hit me. That one hit me. I saw a video of his little brother in the stands at a game. Um, it's been amazing to be able to learn about DeMar Hamlin, the person. It's also been able, it's, it's been amazing to be able to see the outpour of love from so many people. And I guarantee you we continue to see that. Um, but the reason I had this tonight is I wanted to be able to give people a platform to do that as well. And I think that that's what this was. I saw a lot of great positive things in here tonight. And I really appreciate everybody coming out and joining in together to be able to share their feelings and to be able to, to continue to give out good thoughts and good vibes into the, into the ether here for DeMar Hamlin. So that's going to do it here. Everybody continue to think and pray for DeMar Hamlin and his family and continue to follow online for any update because hopefully we get another one soon where we continue to hear more progress from DeMar Hamlin. Thanks so much, everybody. Really appreciate it. And uh, we're thinking of you three.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.